The 42 Rugby Weekly is brought to you by Dundeal Motors, home to all of Ireland's trusted car dealerships. Visit dundeal.ie today to start the search for your next car. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could have me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Robbie Weekly. Then the first pass. Hello and welcome to the 42 Rugby Weekly Extra from Stade de France in Paris on the eve of one of the most eagerly anticipated pool games in the World Cup ever, I would suggest, Ireland against South Africa. We've just heard from Paul O'Connell in the press conference, Josh van der Fleer and Mac Hansen too. I'm Murray Kinsella and I'm thrilled to be joined on the ground in Paris by Kieran Kennedy. Bienvenue, welcome to the World Cup. How's it been so far? Merci, yeah, it's been great. Thrilled to be here. Um, feels like a big week doesn't it Paris is buzzing um, got in earlier in the week and I've kind of hopped around Paris a bit was out in the with the spring box yesterday which we might talk about a bit later but there is a real buzz around the place I watched the France match um, near our lovely little Airbnb last night with the, with some of the locals and they were they were just going wild watching the game even a 96-0 win but they're kind of celebrating the tries in the last 10 minutes as if you know they just won a tight match um, so yeah, there's just a buzz around the place. Feels great to be here. We're sitting in the Stade de France. We've kind of got the place to ourselves, and yeah, big week. It's just stopped pissing rain, thankfully. It was a pretty nasty morning in Paris and it's clearing up now. Sorry, a bit of background noise in, in Stade de France as they get ready for, for tomorrow's game. And, and absolutely, the Irish are flooding in even this weekend. I, I came back from the, the Irish press conference uh, yesterday, Thursday, got back into Paris and in the space of a few hours the Green Army had, had landed. Well, I was actually walking through uh, Châtelet Le Hal, one of the big uh, metro stations and someone stopped me, a listener to the pod stopped me to say keep up the good podding uh, and loads of Irish around the city and normally on a Six Nations week you don't see that. It, it's not really apparent there's a rugby match in Paris at times because it's such a big city but this this last couple of days it's been different. There's 35,000 Irish expected here. The players have mentioned several times how excited they are by by that prospect and yeah it's just got a knockout feel to it even though it's a, a pool game it feels so decisive um, and just so important to, to both sides as you mentioned you were in Springboks camp yesterday how was it what's the setup like and, and what was the the mood like out there yeah it was very impressive the Springboks charmed the socks off me yesterday to be honest <laughs> um, they're, they're quite remote it was about uh, it's about 50k north of north of Paris so a bit of a trek to get there and quite quite an experience actually we kind of we got off the train and um, there's not much happening in the town they're in walked into a small little bakery and bumped into a couple of South African journalists thankfully who were able to point me in the right direction we had to get the woman in the who was working in the bakery to phone a taxi for us because I don't think Uber has reached that part of Paris yet mm. um, and it kind of it's so remote that actually Jean Klein walked in and saw us and said, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> he was on his way into Paris to enjoy a day off, but the hotel is, the hotel was just like this stunning kind of location and the mood in the place was just so relaxed. Everything about them yesterday oozed confidence. They just felt like a group that were in a really good place. The boxer kind of walking around. It's it's very friendly atmosphere. Um, Sia Khaleesi and Jacques Nienaber did some press and they both spoke really well. And when you're sitting there listening to them, it's hard not to think that God, this is a team who are confident about next, about um, the weekend and just feel like they're in a really good spot. Um, spoke a bit to Peter Steph de Troyes as well after and the same kind of thing. Just everything about them was just so impressive yesterday. Um, 
they, they, they're, they're really good talkers, the Springboks. They, the 7-1 split was obviously the big talking point yesterday, but whereas I got the sense that Andy Farrell was maybe not that interested in talking about it, they were happy to say, look, this is why we're doing it. This is why we think it's the right plan for this game. And yeah, they, they kind of spoke for about half an hour nearly exclusively just on the 7-1 split. So um, a really, really impressive setup yesterday, yeah. I was at an Ireland camp and it sounds like a lot of similarities. And we knew that between these two teams. The age profile, the experience, the number of caps they have in their squad. There's so many things that, that mirror up. And I know stylistically they're very different in terms of how they go about the game. But just their attitude, their confidence, their focus on what they're going to do. And I think maybe the box have slipped a little bit in that regard. And, and they said the 7-1 is, is, is for Ireland and, and you have to adapt certain things. But Ireland are just doing what they've done and what's got them 15 wins in a, in a row. And the selection has an unbelievably familiar feel to it. The combinations are so proven and, and tried and trusted. And even their, their bench, they, they weren't tempted. And yeah, they clearly don't want to spend too much time talking about it. And I don't think anyone needs to hear more about it. It is going to be fascinating when it happens and, and to see it unfold in the game. But certainly Ireland in a very, very confident place, I would suggest. And even just there, Polo Khan said, you'd be surprised how little we tend to focus on opposition and how much we actually just concentrate on what we're going to do. So that fills me with excitement to see because we've seen bits in the last couple of weeks, some of their set-piece attack has really come into its own because they've got such confidence in what their phase play can do. They're now starting to spend more time on that in the, the training pitch, and you're seeing the beautiful products of it at times. I'm sure they have a few up their sleeve specifically for, for this game, and, and that's a, an exciting part to, to see what comes of that. James Lowe and uh, Gary Ringrose and Bundy Aki were up doing media. Aki, of course, winning his 50th cap this weekend, which is... An amazing achievement, he said, not one he imagined when he first got to Ireland. Of course, he had a good sense of being an Ireland international in the future, but but not um, not hitting that kind of total as well. And he's such an important figure at the moment. He mentioned how he's in a really good place physically. He's, he felt he was too skinny back in 2019 at the, the World Cup and his body fat was probably a bit too low. So he's in a in a great place. Uh, and, and that was the, the impression. Ireland's actual surrounds are deeply dull and grim to be honest it's about an hour out so it's not in Paris it's it's an hour out there drive or train and it's like like a location just off the M50 except even worse there's just kind of scrubland a few warehouse buildings the hotel itself is lovely but jeez it's it's grim out there so they'll hope they're not back in that location a- again and I don't think they're too happy to be there it's a look at a draw kind of thing and World Rugby are the ones who decide on the hotels or, or draw those hotels so Ireland definitely didn't get the the best draw when you're in Paris for a big game like this you probably want to be in the thick of it and maybe it's less distraction being out there but I think you'd rather walk out of the, the door hotel and you're on the Champs-Élysées or you see some of the fr- fr- uh, fans who, who've arrived into Paris but uh, that's an aside and, and they're certainly in a in a really really good place what is your sense of the game now that we're on the eve of it Kieran? what way are you leaning if you are even leaning one one way yeah the Springboks almost swayed me yesterday but I am leaning towards Ireland kind of just um, mainly because of what South Africa are doing to be honest the we don't want to talk about the seven-one split too much, but I've I've no problem with it. I've no problem with the box going that way. But I kind of almost feel like if that's the game they're backing, it's a bit almost limited to take on this Ireland team. And when you look at the way Ireland play and the way they've selected, they're just backing the fact that they are coming here to play rugby 
and they're back in their attack to get the job done and I think if they just get one or two of those opportunities and take them in a tight game that could be the difference and I think I think they're in a place where they can deal with that spring box line speed they can deal with that spring box aggression I think the big thing for them is how they handle that defence early on if one or two things don't go their way it's to kind of keep the head keep at it not get panicked and I think we've seen that they're good at doing that now and that's where the work I suppose Gary Keegan comes in in a big way um, I think it's going to be so tight but I am leaning just towards Ireland based on their form and and the way they're going to attack the game I think Well the 42 Rugby Weekly is brought to you by Dundeal Motors home to all of Ireland's trusted car dealerships visit dundeal.ie today to start the search for your next car one of the other, I mean, the big story really in France today, across the country, I'm sure tears are being shed and prayers are being said for Antoine Dupont. And even some of the questions to, to Paul O'Connell were around this because it is literally front page news here, Antoine Dupont's injury, which I'm sure everyone is, is well aware of. But as you said, you were watching the game last night. What was the, the reaction around you like? It absolutely sucked the life out of the place. <laughs> and it kind of happened just after... I was in a the kind of small place near our apartment and it might have had something to do with the fact that happy hour had just ended but um, there was a notable notable dip in the mood and um, people were kind of tapping each other on the shoulder and pointing at the screen to kind of wait he's actually hurt and the longer he was down there was actually people coming in off the street to look at it and you could hear people coming in just saying oh DuPont DuPont um, yeah it's it sucked the life out of the place last night and as you say it's the only story in town today you were we, we, we got the train out here and it's on the front of every paper we got into the stadium and, and the staff here are even talking about it and I feel like they're probably trying to be a bit more optimistic than, than realistic um, it's, a, it's, a, it's terrible news for the tournament obviously and I suppose the circumstances in which it happened 50 points up against Namibia in a game that they were, they were never going to lose and he takes like it was a shock and tackle really and um, I think you could see you could see straight away really that he was in a lot of pain and he was he looked concerned like he looked like a guy who thought his tournament was in jeopardy um yeah and the news on him isn't good like obviously we'll see how how that plays out but um it's it's the only story in town and it's just such such a blow for the tournament because he is everywhere here you turn a corner in paris and he's on billboards he's on the front of magazines um and yeah it's just just really awful news to lose a star player in such a big event it's sad and it's worrying for France. They've got Maxime Lucu and Baptiste Couillou in the squad who are good nines, but the drop-off obviously from Dupont is stratospheric. He's just on a different level. Some of the things he did last night even, and I know it was an easy game for them, but he's just able to do things that other human beings are not. Like most human beings cannot do what Antoine Dupont does. Defensively, he's incredibly important to them as well and and that's often overlooked because of the, the quality of his attacking play. His kicking game is really good as well. And, and he does it all. And as you say, he's that, that presence and that he's the emblem of the World Cup. And, and it's, it's going to be massive blow for the tournament if, if that, is, um, that is him gone. L- listen, my sense is he's going to play again. They just can't do it without him, I, I don't think. He's the one guy... When Entomac went down, they had a brilliant replacement in Jolly Bear, but they don't have that. And also the fact that he's the captain and he's the face of rugby really here. As you say, he's, he's omnipresent across all, and not just in a sporting context, across all walks of life. Apple ads and, and big brands have, have grabbed onto him and he's definitely crossed that, that border into, into just the general public consciousness. So I think he, 
needs they need him to play you, you would hope that there's nothing there's no risks taken obviously with someone's someone's health but they'll do absolutely everything in their power I think it's fascinating that we all are so privy to the detail of it all as well and that's so typically French when he went back to the changing room he was in tears and we all knew about it straight away you know and when he went to the hospital with his brother we all knew that the brother was with him straight away and the brother was giving quotes to to local media and we know what the doctor said in the in the first meeting so this is literally a story that the whole country is going to live through for the next few days and few weeks and yeah it's a, a deep concern for for the french i think you could see in galtier's body language and and read it in the words just how deeply worried he is about this because it is the one one setback they just had to avoid and, and would have dreaded and and here and here it is I mean it's hard to look beyond that but and it was a, a facile game for them but did you get a sense that they were otherwise tuning up in the right way or, or do you think that is just completely negated by this this setback well they looked very impressive last night but obviously it comes with the big asterisks of the fact that they were playing Namibia and you know the space they were getting and the time on the ball was you know they, they can't expect to get that further down the line obviously but what they what did impress me about them last night was how sharp they looked and how much they seemed to be enjoying the occasion and some of the offloads they were throwing some of the passes they were trying again it comes with the fact that you know the opposition were giving them those opportunities but it's still that's the way they were thinking that's the way they were they were going out there they were being ambitious they were really really just like trying things and expanding their attack and like some of the tries they scored were obviously just like brilliant and even though it was such a one-sided game it was enjoyable to watch because of that um, but yeah the DuPont thing it, it changes everything everything for them going forward if they get to a quarter-final or a semi-final and he's not involved because so much of what they do comes through him and he doesn't play like any other scrum half he just pops up all over the pitch and takes on so many different roles as you say like defensively he's so important for them he's so important in terms of the support lines he runs and making himself an option um, it changes absolutely everything, everything for them, and obviously, I guess that's why it's such, such a, such a hammer blow, and so, and the, and the mood is so, I suppose, dark and pessimistic around them this morning. Fingers crossed for Antoine Dupont. I think we can all share in that as the rain starts again in Paris. We, we thought that was it. So fingers crossed that, again, we get a dry day here tomorrow. And and just to come back around to this game, Kieran. There's so many, incredibly, powerful characters involved in this, and there are a lot of going to be on the pitch to, tomorrow but a lot of them are going to be up in the coaching box too R- Rassi tends to grab the headlines deliberately and, and it's calculated and he keeps Jacques Ninaber out of the headlines at, at times but I know you've been digging into him and, and doing a bit of a profile and it's on the 42 if, if people want to read that today but give us a flavour of what you learned and, and what he really brings to, to the box Yeah I think he's just a fascinating character because as you say he does kind of operate in Razzi's shadow Um He's had a really interesting career from being a physio to a strength and conditioning coach to kind of getting promoted from... where He, he was working closely with Razzi as he was his physio at one stage and Razzi was still playing. They kind of became friends through then and realised they had similar ideas in the game. When Razzi moved into coaching, he brought Jack with him and he's kind of stepped up to become an assistant coach, a defence coach, and now obviously he's, he's head coach here. Um, and the thing that... I guess I find so interesting about him is I've been asking a few people about him this week and the message you keep getting back is he's just really clear and concise in in the way he coaches players there's no 
there's obviously a lot of detail involved, but he doesn't complicate things at all. It's not like there's layers and layers of of detail into into the messages he tries to get to his across to his players. It's, a lot of it is just based on knowing your role, working really hard, and you kind of see that with the way the the, the Springboks defense operates. Um, he's a, yeah, I just find him a really interesting character, and he's he's an interesting talker too to listen to. You know, he was he was really. I thought he was really good yesterday talking about the seven-month split and going into the exact reasons why they feel it's the right plan for this game, why they want to do it. He called it innovation, which I guess, you know, you would do if you're the guy who came up with the plan. Um, but it's something that's been on their mind for quite a while. Like, he, he, he dated it back to the 20, 20, 2021, something they, they discussed in 2020 but couldn't really start looking at because of COVID. But they it was around that time when they started thinking let's look at our strength and depth here, let's look at the options in our squad and the guys who can maybe have that versatility to play those roles off the bench. And I thought one of the most interesting questions actually he was asked yesterday was, as a team, are you at the stage yet where you pick your bench before you pick your starting 15? (laughs) And he didn't say no. He kind of thought about it for a while and he said, oh, it's a tough one. Um, But that's the way they operate. It's very, they're very much based on it being a a 23-man game and, the guys who come off the bench aren't there's not a major dip from the guys who who start the game um, but yeah he's a fascinating character and it'll be interesting to see what happens after this tournament if we look down the line a little bit he's obviously coming to Leinster and him and Razzie are going their separate ways so we'll we'll be seeing a lot more of Jack Nienabar down the line One of many interesting characters who'll be plotting and planning and strategising over the next 24 hours even what's your plan now in the next 24 hours obviously it's a long match day tomorrow with a 9pm local kickoff. Uh, how, how are you going to feel that time? Well I can't get enough of the Springboks so I'm going back down to listen to them again in a couple of minutes. I think Stephen Kitsoff is up with a, with a couple of coaches and then we've quite a chunk of work to track through. It is teaming down here again so that might put paid to our plans to I was meant to give you a Peter O'Mahony, Keith Earl style backer back into Paris but we might have to jump on a train um, and then I'm sure we'll head out later and catch a bit more of the buzz around the place because it's, it's a big week here and it, you certainly you can feel it walking around the place. Thanks, Milkier. Thank you. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. It is going to be a brilliant day tomorrow. We'll be back after the game with our post-match pod and who knows what we're going to be talking about. Either way, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be brilliant and we cannot wait. We'll catch you very soon. Put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land. Driver's got names for 50 double barrels. Spits out, rips out, only smokes carols.